Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the story of America's bloodiest prison, told by the people who lived it, both inside and outside its gates. The brutal history as you've never heard it before, from its origin as a slave plantation to its gradual growth as the bloodiest maximum security prison in America. To those outside its gates, it's known as Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola. But to those who have spent time inside its gates, it's known as Bloody Angola. Come with us as we take you through the gates and give you a first-hand look at not only the stories of the stabbings, rapes, executions, escapes, and murders you won't find on any TV show or the internet, but also the murders, abductions, attacks, and hostage situations of the staff and their families, otherwise known by the convicts as free people. Bloody Angola is a comprehensive, no-hold-barred podcast. It takes you on a journey through time from its inception as a slave plantation to America's largest maximum security prison, where 80% of its population will die inside the wire. Get mentally prepared. Sit back and listen as we cover these stories in detail. In ways you've never heard before from people that lived it, breathed it, and died with it. Bloody Angola. Warning. Bloody Angola is a podcast covering actual events 
and is intended for mature audiences. The subject matter discussed in no way reflects the personal opinions of the host or sponsors of this podcast. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The true story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And the last time we left you, we had just concluded the first episode about Brent Miller, the guard who was attacked and killed with a lawnmower blade. It's a sharpened lawnmower blade that some inmate took off a mower and somehow got back through security, which, as we know, was pretty lax, right, in 72. Yeah. Um, but that, why do you take a lawnmower blade? And sharpen it. That's like the ultimate shank, right? Shank being a weapon. Yeah. The, you have that because you intend to do harm. And harm they did brutally killed generational guard Brent Miller, stabbing him some 32 plus times, depending on the account you read. Brent was sitting on an inmate's bunk having coffee with Ezekiel Brown now, the inmate who liked Brent, they all liked him. They, um, but it just goes to show the animalistic behavior that it doesn't matter who you are. You know, and the, and Brent was a big boy, big athletic boy, boy, athletic, strong, good looking. Everybody liked him. But for them, four convicts to take him by surprise, he would have followed him and they stabbed him numerous numerous times well in excess of 30 plus times and i think when that's happening well i know but this is the count I, certainly we weren't there this is what my mama's been telling me since i was a little boy and she she i mean she knew him uh knew the families and everything else but she said that she always heard his last words were why are you doing this to me? It's crazy. It's powerful. What do you, as I think about this situation, and of course we can put ourselves in this situation and, and what would we do? And, and look, this guy was athletic. He was a big boy, um, muscular, uh, played wide receiver in high school. The first two or three times you hit him with that lawnmower blade it clicked. I'm in a bind. Mm. And so you're fighting. You're fighting for your life. The reason we keep hammering down, there was four people involved in this, is because there were some that disputed that. Let me tell you, if I were Brent Miller and you're stabbing me repeatedly with a lawnmower blade, you better you better have four people because I'm fighting for my life at that point. And whoever... I'm fighting would have some marks on them. Whether they kill me or not is irrelevant, but I'm going to get a lick in. That's it. You can get a lick in or bite them or whatever you can do. They're gonna, right. Yeah, it, it's going to be a dog fight in there. Y'all, I can tell you so many times throughout my career in corrections, in on the street, detectives, it doesn't matter. If you have to fight somebody, even just – I'm not trying to kill them. I'm talking about trying to fight them – to get them down to hand them. 
subdue them to, to handcuff them, put handcuffs on them. I've, there have been times where I've had five or six guys and we're on top of this guy and they're fighting and you trying to just trying to get their hands behind the back to get the cuffs on them. So this is totally different. You got four people on top of you and they're stabbing you and you're fighting. So you imagine, I would imagine they're, they're holding his arms down. Maybe somebody's got a knee on his neck. I don't know, but I, I can't imagine the horror of his last moments, newly married, looking forward to his career, good guy, being brutally murdered. You know, stabbing somebody to death is personal. And he was someone that was known to have respect for these inmates. And, and so the statement that he made that those last words, why are you doing this to me is because he legitimately in his mind, I'm sure could not make sense of it. I respected you guys. It wasn't, I wasn't one of those guards that maybe threw your cell apart when we were doing a shakedown. I, I always had respect there. Why me? Right. Right. And it, the just unbelievable, unimaginable. And again, our hearts go out to anybody who knew him and loved him. Um, y'all, last time I said his wife, uh, I mistakenly said she was had to get dressed and go to school when she she dropped him off that morning yes. at work but she warned him because of the firebombing of the guard tower the day before and they knew something was about to pop off and he was like oh, I'm going to be okay but she was uh, in training to be a beautician is what it was not high school Jim I said that wrong and um, her name is spelled L-E-O-N-T-I-N-E but they called her Tinny I think so yeah. but I mean it just had his whole life ahead of him. Yeah, 23 years old. Dad might have raised another generation of Millers to work on Angola. Yeah. So as you can imagine, and we're going to we're going to go ahead and pick it up from I guess you could say the aftermath of of what just happened. So as you can imagine in a prison like Angola, a guard has just been viciously and brutally not only attacked but killed and now is the time they discover it, and we're going to kind of take it from there. Right. And so there's different conflicting reports. And, y'all, anything we say, if we get something wrong, Jim and I weren't there. We're trying to tell the story. We've done our research, believe me. Uh, um, but if we get something wrong, then we apologize ahead of time. I mean, by, by that, I mean if y'all were there, someone was there that day or whatever, and they saw something different, then we apologize. But think about the atmosphere, okay? Everything we told you about that morning, the inmates in the kitchen bucked up, refused to serve food, so they had to bring the convicts back to the dorms. Powers of B came in, quashed that, got them up to feed, and they go back out, and that's when Brent was killed and mur- murdered. Now, here's some over 32 times, it's making a statement. That's what we call overkill. Yeah. Okay. The generally overkill is in a domestic relationship where they stab you over and over again because there's so much anger. This, in my mind's eye, stabbing a correctional officer over 32 times is making a fucking statement. It's like, yeah, bitch, we did it to him. We could do it to anybody. It's mutilation. Mutilation in the worst way. To the best person, but you can only imagine the scene, the oh, yeah. you know the horror that whoever walked in that 
area first saw there's blood everywhere right it was they said it was just an absolute massacre right and the blood everywhere um they ran for help it went the word went throughout the prison and holy shit so y'all there's a lot of uh, different conflicting stories that we've read on who actually found them one uh said an inmate went in and found him and then walked back across the uh, the walkway from the dorm and just lit a cigarette and stood there. Uh, um, I mean, the other one is that a correctional officer found him when they were coming back from breakfast. However it may be, the alarm went out, the all call, if you will, and you better believe it was bad. Yeah, it, it you know as we as we stated earlier uh in a prison the you know short of short of an just an all out riot this is probably the worst scenario you can have an officer has just been brutally murdered uh and so you know everybody from the warden on down is notified right and the thing too angola sits in west feliciana parish in the state of louisiana any major crime that happens inside the prison is still investigated by the local authorities. Okay. Now, naturally the prison has their own investigators, but when this went down, the West Feliciana Parish Sheriff's office, the sheriff himself came out, Sheriff Daniels. And then, uh, all the wardens came, the investigators came, they called the state police. They called the state police crime lab. Now it's a crime scene. But before that, as this is going on, First thing they did is lock down everybody. Oh, that means if you're in a dormitory, you caught your fucking bunk. And it, uh, it, like count time, you don't move. And but you better believe they every every guard that was off duty that lived on the B line came in. They, everybody was responding to this. All call. Then you got your outside authorities coming in. You're not moving. And. And I feel, and get goosebumps. I feel for the motherfuckers, that, convicts that weren't involved, because everybody is a suspect. Like I used to say on the homicide case, everybody's a suspect except, except for me, right? Yes. And so they're gonna find out. They gonna somebody's gonna pay for it. That's hook right. or crook. So you get all the responding authorities. Inmates are locked down. If you in the cell block, you went back to your cell. Nobody went to work that day. In the fields, the whole fucking prison shut down. I guarantee you, they didn't eat that day. And but all the authorities respond and they start to investigate. Everybody's locked down. Whether at you're not going anywhere. Total chaos. Right. Probably right. at this point, uh, they come in. They start investigating this thing, and uh, you know, right off the bat, I would imagine the first thing they'd say was, "Well, who had access to it?" Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Uh, because you got to remember, most of the inmates were eating That's at right. this time. That's right. And then the – but they had to lock it down. They had to lock Brent down. They had to work the scene. Yeah. So I don't – I'll be honest with you. I, I just thought about this. I don't know what they did with the inmates who uh, weren't assigned to Pine One. You know, who knows where they put them, but I – they're not going to let it back into a crime scene. No, I would imagine that, you know, just guessing and spitballing, they probably left them in the cafeteria. Maybe so, and locked them in there. I don't know. But it's the they go in to work the crime scene, and they said it was so bloody. Um, 
Think about this. Now, you're going in working the murder of a boy, of a, a young man that you've known since, since he was a boy, that you've known since he was a kid. I'm talking about the wardens and stuff. And, and even the sheriff would have known Brent's family, mm-hmm. right? So it's personal. That's right. And, and then the crime scene techs show up and, and basically gets the part out of the way. You have to work the scene. Now, there, there was a bloody fingerprint found near his body. Which that didn't mean shit, y'all. I mean, you got everybody in the world responding. Here's the deal. That first of all, they would have touched him, and it, uh, even with all the blood and seen if he was alive, uh, or if there's any way to save him. Once they realize, hey, he's 10 7 or deceased, then you leave it alone. You got to work it as a crime scene. So they come in, they work it as a crime scene. Then, then you, what, what do you have to do? You have to take one of your own, this young man that you've known your entire life, and put him in a body bag. Yeah, and then you got to haul him out, carry him out down the walkway in front of the whole prison, out the gate, put him in a hearse. When the coroner was done, put him in the hearse and take him for the autopsy. They so everybody in the prison saw that inmates, guard guards, guards, people that grew up with him. Holy shit. It would have been bad enough if it was a guard that had been there six months and nobody knew him and they, they learned to know him at Ignolan. They loved him and he was a great guy. Uh, this was a generational guard. They they knew this guy, Brent Miller, since he was a baby. Some of them since right. he was born. Right. Imagine that. He was part of a family. Grew up with him, played with him, they, uh, like the – a graduating class had probably like 28 people or whatever. And, so, and everybody loved him. So Teeny is where she is, beautician school or whatever. And her sister shows up and she automatically knew something was wrong, seriously wrong. And her sister told her, Brent's been hurt. She said, take, take me to him. So she gets in the car with her sister drive to Angola, but she doesn't take Deanie to Brent. She turns on the beeline and goes to their parents' house. And she said that she knew when she pulled up at the house and all of the whole family was there that Brent was dead. Yeah. And so the whole family was there and they were all destroyed. She was already concerned that day because they had been bucking up, as we discussed in the last episode. And so as soon as her sister showed up, I'm sure this was out of character. I mean, it it probably that might have been the first time she ever showed up while she was at uh, beauty school. And as soon as she showed up, she probably was thinking, oh, shit, something's wrong. She told her the news. Everything's haywire. At Angola at this point. Yeah. But she told her, she said, Brent's been hurt. And then. Vacation starts with VA. Whether you're feeling beachy, mountainy, or every E in between, you'll find all that you love all in one trip to Virginia. Start yours at Virginia.org. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, she's thinking that until she turned on the beeline. They go to the family home, the whole family's there, and she knew he's dead. Yeah. The whole family is destroyed, as you can imagine. Absolutely. Not only, you know, immediate family, but as we said, this is generational guard. So he was family to everybody. I can assure you, any guard that hadn't responded to this all call uh, and working this crime scene, they were at that house. Yeah. Comforting and trying to comfort the wife and the family. Yeah. So um, now you're processing a scene. At some point, you, you know, these investigators are starting to make sense of what happened and look for suspects who did this, right? So they're, they're interviewing every prisoner there. Right. And there are, there are accounts, and we, I mean, we can't verify this one way or another, that said that they only interviewed, I wouldn't say interview, I'd say interrogation, of mm-hmm. um, black inmates. Yeah. Now, why? Who knows? But let me, let me touch on one part. One, and this can't be confirmed, uh, y'all, but one guy named Billy Sinclair, who was on death row, uh, said there was a second story to death row and he remembers that night that they had black inmates he says they had black inmates upstairs and that you could hear the screams and all that and at some point there was tear gas used and he said they covered their faces talking about the death row inmates covered their faces with towels and tried to not get so much exposure on them we don't if, if it's true or not I'm telling you what Billy Sinclair said uh, I can tell you one thing. It was a bad day to be a black man in Angola. Yeah. And and Billy Sinclair was a prison journalist that uh, he was an actual prisoner, but he was a, also an award-winning journalist. Right. Uh, the, I think it, um, they got the moratorium or something on the death penalty, and so he got commuted to life. That's one one account, okay? It was, it was said for two days that they had no suspects, or no one would give any information, we'll say it like that. It was obvious that there was a conspiracy of sorts with this. It wasn't just one guy that knew this was going to go down. Right. If I'm a detective, there's too many uh, things that led up to this that had to happen in order for this to be able to happen. So, uh, obviously, these investigators figured that out. And uh, I would imagine at some point started putting pieces together and saying, well, who had access? Who had you know, a motive. Uh, the motive was was sort of easy, and that was uh, they were acting out, and they knew this was the best way to do it. What a way to get 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Get the right car at Riker. It's the Riker Black Friday Savings Event. Get a $500 gas card with the purchase of any new vehicle only at RikerKia.com. Get the right car at Riker. We're dealing. Everybody's attention. They right. Make a statement, right? They're over 32 times. That's a statement. If it's not a relationship thing, which it wasn't, it's a statement. And <clears throat> boom, Joe. And the it goes on for the two days, day and night. Whole prison's on lockdown. They're interrogating, et cetera, and everybody's been questioned. Eventually, Hezekiah Brown, y'all, who we told you was having coffee with Brent, originally when they interviewed him, he was like, mm-mm, fuck you, I don't know nothing about it. Absolutely nothing. But after two days... He came back and changed his story, and he said that he was fixing coffee for Brent. Brent was sitting on the bunk when he saw Albert Woodfox, Herman Wallace, Gilbert Montague, and Chester Jackson enter the dorm and hold Brent down and stab him to death over and over again. Now, this presents some problems because Hezekiah Brown um, was also a sex offender, but that's neither here nor there. But the it was said throughout the prison, Hezekiah Brown was a career rat. A snitch. Snitch. Snitches get stitches, right? But it was... It was said that he's a career rat. Even one of the wardens said, you know what, you get Ezekiel Brown to say anything. But it doesn't mean that he's lying, right? Yeah. I mean, shit, he said it. He stuck by it. So what do you do as an investigator with this piece of information? You're going to go dig in these guys, these four guys. Now, this is where we're going to start talking about some of the stuff, and this is not our own opinion, y'all, which is what we've researched. So... They start digging into Wood Fox and Wallace and Montague and Chester Jackson. Now, Wood Fox and Wallace. Yeah, if you remember in episode one, we mentioned the Black Panther Party. Uh, and the Black Panther Party played a role in, in this story. And that was that Wood Fox and Wallace were members of the Black Panther Party. And not only were they members, they were the first two individuals and the only two individuals to successfully launch a Black Panther Party chapter in a uh, state prison. And that was Angola. 
and in, they started in, in the United States. In the United States, the only the only one uh, anybody's even aware of that was a legitimate Black Panther Party, meaning it was recognized by the original members as a chapter. Right. So a little bit of back history on that when they begin to dig into these gentlemen, these convicts, what happened? But um, let me give you a little back history on them. So Wallace and Woodfox were each sent to Angola in 1971. And Wallace was convicted of a bank robbery, and Woodfox was convicted of an armed robbery. And Woodfox had been sentenced to 50 years in prison. But Woodfox had escaped from the Orleans Parish Courthouse during the sentence hearing and, and fled to New York City, okay, and Harlem in particular, which was the home and the headquarters for the Black Panther movement as it was growing. So when he was there, um, that's where he became, he, he met the men for the first time who were members of the Black Panther Party, and he said that's the first time in his life that he ever saw a black man stand up with pride and, you know, he loved that. Right. And he, and he got in with them and they liked him. Uh, and he just totally took on the beliefs, uh, their belief system and their cause. And when he was there though, in New York city, he was captured by the police and jailed. When Wood Fox is locked up in the New York city jail, the black Panther party was really, prevalent inside the jail but he liked the ideas of what they were doing they were teaching other inmates to read and they led political discussions and they actually started to educate Woodfox um, and for Woodfox the teachings of the Panthers given his life a direction and a moral meaning he had never previously found so he joined the Black Panther Party and kept his intellectual connection after it dissolved years later, y'all. He began to learn about American history and the justice system. But eventually he got returned to Louisiana where he was incarcerated in Angola. That's when he started the Black Panther Party in Angola. That's right. And, and you know, if, if you put yourself in that situation, it the Black Panther Party to him meant a lot because, as he stated, it was the first time he had ever seen a party stand up and be proud. Be Not only be proud to be a, a black man, but also believe that they can do anything together as a group. And they, um, and they were trying to grow themselves intellectually, uh, and they were standing up for their rights. The, the I mean, really? They had a lot of really good ideas. Yeah. But, I mean, unfortunately, the militant part. The militant part of what they were doing, you know, put a bad light on on a lot of the positive things. Like like the jail that they were locked up in New York City. The Black Panthers ended up rioting in it because of the conditions in the jail. And then it caused the, their state legislature to eventually tear that jail down. Woodbox gets to Angola in... He meets Wallace, okay? And Wallace also fell into the Black Panther ideology, and he became a member. And he and Woodfox were among activists that seek to improve the conditions at Angola, which is you know, notoriously violent 
And one of the things that they're known for is in in a positive thing, as as me and Woody have told you, Angola had a lot of issues with uh, sex, um, male on male sex issues, and and uh, this was something that the Black Panther Party was against. Right, and that's uh, that's. Uh, Forcible rape of yeah. of anybody, I would but, imagine. So one of the documentaries we watched, they had they interviewed a white inmate, and he said from Angola, and he said, "Look, if you come down that walk the first day, and you carrying your stuff, don't let anybody um, offer to help you carry it. And you know, you'll come in and they're carrying everything right, they're struggling to get to their cell blocks or wherever they're going." He said, "Don't let anybody." Offer to help carry your stuff because if you do, you think they're a friend, but then they go show up at nine o'clock at night and they go fuck you in the ass. And that's, that's right. his words, not mine. That's right. Because because I, I, yeah, I carried happened. your beanbag for you. I'm gonna get a poke, right? Yeah. Uh, so they were against that and and uh, wanted to clean that up. That was one of the things they stood for. And and the other thing they stood for one of the other things they stood for is they they realized they were never going to get anywhere if they didn't educate themselves okay so they helped to organize the education of other prisoners and they even went so far as uh talking about bucking up to try to get petitions signed and when those didn't work they organized hunger strikes uh, um to protest the segregation within the prison yeah. So even back then, the whites and the blacks were separated. Correct. Uh, and and of course, they, they tried to end the widespread rape and the violence. They want the murders to stop. They were like, hey, why are you fucking killing each other? You know what I mean? Let's organize. Don't kill each other. Let's get something to change. You want the change to happen? Let's make it happen. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Didn't always work that way. They organized that chapter. They started bringing people in. They were the first uh, state prison and the only, as we said, to organize like that inside of a prison. Uh, but they became well-known because of that. Right. Uh, don't think the guards and the right. warden and all that didn't know that, hey, the Black Panther Party had hit Angola. And the Black Panther Party at that time, the FBI. Oh, they just had a shootout in New Orleans not long before. Right. Black Panthers and the cops. And and they had blacks on TV who were like, I'm proud. I'm proud to see my people shooting out with the police, right? Y'all, this is these are hard times. This this is you know, segregation was a real fucking thing. The 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 racism and stuff, real thing. The good, bad, or indifferent. On both sides. I mean, I'm not saying one way or another. Right. But it was real. So when they were in Angola, they they were having these meetings, they had to do them in secret. They said they would go out on like to the ball field and get a couple inmates together and talk to them about, hey, why the fuck are you raping people? Or we got to stop these rapes. We got to stop these stabbings. Let's organize and stand up against the man. Hundred percent. The FBI told Angola, hey, you've got a Black Panther chapter right here in your prison. You need to watch them and because the FBI had the had a hard on for for the Black Panther and a good reason that the Black right. Panther Party did do some things to right. officers that you know they weren't innocent in that there were some murders in several different areas of the country but those two inmates in particular were known as the formers of that of and leaders of that chapter inside Angola right prior to this incident yep. and so they they scoop them up y'all um Wood Fox, Wallace, Montague, and Chester Jackson. 
And of course, all of them denied it. Like, fuck you. I didn't do it. Right. But then you get a lot of stuff that starts coming out in like witnesses um, that saw, that say they saw different things. Prisoners talking. Prisoners, prisoners talking to, to the guards. Now, this is kind of a, a catch 22. Now, I know the, the, the powers that be want it naturally to catch Miller's killers, right? The, the, and so it was known if you came forward and talked, hey, we were going to show you a little bit of love, right? And so Hezekiah Brown coming forward and naming these guys, well, we go on and we'll tell you what all happened with him later on. But even though he was known as Rat, that doesn't mean he wasn't there because it was established that he did have coffee with Brent in the mornings. But the other people came out. Like one guy came out and said that he saw Woodfox running from Pine One in bloody clothing, that he went to the license plate factory and stripped off his bloody clothing and burned it in a furnace and then they had a key to get other clothing out where they swapped out after work and he got regular clothing on the left. Well, the fuck, the only problem with that was, y'all, there's no furnace in the license plate plant. So yeah. obviously this fucker was lying, right? And then you get some other ones. Uh, one witness who actually testified at trial said he saw Woodfox coming from around the uh, Pine One at the time of the murder. And the problem with that was this guy was mostly blind. He was actually blind in one eye. In the other eye, he was legally blind. But they used him and used his testimony and even and they admitted what how his eyesight was. But everybody, not everybody, people were coming forward, giving information a lot of it is proven to be obviously bullshit. And, and, but ultimately, they arrested Woodfox, Wallace, Montague, and Chester Jackson. Charged them. They had to stand trial. As any investigation that Woody can speak on, you got to gather evidence. You get your witnesses. They've been, they were doing all of that. And look, this wasn't people out in society that you could you could garner these witnesses that were just upstanding citizens, right? Where you say, I've got the perfect star witness right here. This guy's never done anything wrong or this gal. And, you know, these were all prisoners that you had to rely on their testimony in order to build a case. Unfortunately, when these type of situations happen, especially in Angola, you're not dealing with choir boys. I mean, you're dealing with murders and rapists and lifelong snitches, whatever it may be. That doesn't mean what they're saying is not true, but some of them are just fucking lying. Uh, and what can I get out of it? That's kind of what thing. can I get out of it? So there you have it. They're arrested. They're indicted by the grand jury, and it has to go to trial. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, 
let me let's go back a couple steps. The investigation, I, I mean, you want to call it overzealous, whatever. I can't tell you that I wouldn't have done it myself. Uh, um, had it been one of my brothers that got killed, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were some beatings, and, and I'm sure Billy Sinclair is not lying about the hearing the inmates scream upstairs and whatever. And this one went for two days before people started coming in forward with information. The I'm not saying it's right, y'all, by any means, but you better believe they were going to find out who did it. Period. Yeah. Bye. Any means necessary. I'm, I'm sure somewhere along the line said you find out who killed that boy. Yeah. And and uh, well, nobody's going home till we get we got. You got to make them talk, they, right? That's right. And, and and on top of that, you're sending a message to stop the bucking up. Hey, oh yeah, you just did the most serious crime you can do. Let, that's let's, right. Let's see who's going to do what you're going to do now, motherfuckers. And that's a huge point, people. There had to be a response, and there had to be a hard response, because had there not been, it wouldn't have stopped. It could have been a, a total riot. There, yes, exactly. And, and hey, you got to have a consequence for killing a guard, or it's going to happen frequently. Right. Um, so, so the response had to be swift. It had to be hard, and they did what they had to do to build a case. Right. And good, bad, or indifferent. Now— no way that would have stood today um, because it's a different culture, right? But let me tell you this. The the response is as much to stop the prisoners from bucking as it was to calm the free people, the, um, the people on the beeline. We're getting justice. We're taking care of our own, right? But even that, um, some of the guards still blame the wardens yeah. for Brent Mills' murder. That's right. They they released dozens of prisoners just prior to this that were in lockdown. Right. So the thought, the mental thought there was these prisoners were very disgruntled, mentally distraught at this time. You, you've been in lockdown for who knows how long. Now dozens of them were released all at the same time. They try not to do that because those prisoners have to reacclimate to not being in lockdown. Right. When you release dozens at the same time, they all start talking and they're finally out of there and they're communicating and they can create a riot if you're not careful. So that was one of the thought processes was the warden at that time. Warden, uh, Henderson. warden Henderson released them uh, uh, too many at one time and that they were able to kind of create a, almost a conspiracy here of this is what we're going to do. Some people may be wondering, what about security cameras at that time? Were there not no, any? Nope. It didn't exist. The security cameras were the, were the eyes on the correctional officers. No no security cameras. Absolutely none. But the deal being, you're going back to somebody should have seen somebody running down the walkway with blood all over them. Yeah. This established as a bloody crime scene. You're not going to kill somebody, stab them 38 times, and not get blood on you. Even if you're holding them down and you didn't stab them, you're going to have, according to 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Get the right car at Riker. It's the Riker Black Friday Savings Event. Get a $500 gas card with the purchase of any new vehicle. Only at RikerKia.com. Get the right car at Riker. We're dealing. Uh, Hezekiah, whatever his name is, you, you got four guys that partook in it, four guys that should have been covered in bloody, and you're looking for evidence. That's right. And thirty stabbing someone thirty two plus times. There's blood everywhere. Right. And then now during the investigation, they did take um, Sheriff Daniels and them took what they thought. And then y'all, there was no DNA. I mean, you couldn't even confirm a stain if it was human blood or animal blood. Time, but they did take some of the, um, the clothing from some of these that were accused that looked like it may have had a few spots or something on it. Well. Yeah, fuck me. If you stab him 38 times, you're going to have a lot more in a few spots. But it, that was never proven one way or another, uh, whether it was or it wasn't. The the bloody fingerprint, the one thing that was proven is it didn't come back to any of these four guys. But Could homicide, homicide investigator standpoint, fuck that. That means nothing. That it, It's damaging against the prosecution, but it means nothing because you got all the first responders, you got coroners, you got uh, uh, everybody that went in there could be anybody's thumbprint, right? But the one thing, when they said all that, they never, never said that they tested to see if, if it was Brent Miller's thumbprint, fingerprint. Great point. Yep. So, Okay, you've got a lawnmower, Blake. You're not using a steak knife here. Or a sharpened toothbrush. Or a sharpened yeah. tooth, but you're using a lawnmower blade. So, the velocity of which you're you're hitting someone with that you're going through bone, you're piercing skin, and then you're yanking that blade out. Blood as it travels out of the body is it a spray? Is it? All right, so it's called blood spatter, S P A T T E R, and the deal is whether you if you're getting shot and the bullet goes through you, or let's I, I stab Jim when I pull it back out. The blood that comes out, the first blood that comes out is going to come out slower than the, the blood behind it because it, it has to come get past the, where the skin area is and the weapon. But there's certainly going to be more blood behind that that's, that's flowing faster than the first blood that comes out. And when the, that faster blood hits the slower blood, that's what makes the spray. The blood literally explodes. That's what the blood spatter is called. But here's the problem. The, uh, the Unless they had that lawnmower blade, really taped up with something good. If you're stabbed, I've never worked a stabbing to death where the person that was doing the stabbing didn't cut their fucking hands because you hit with such force that you slide. Yeah. Uh, um, your hand's going to slide at some point. So I don't know on that. I'm, I, I'm just, that just popped in my head. But as far as I know, none of them had any injuries. Yeah. And, and my point to that whole thing was, uh, when you, you know, with that object, you're throwing blood everywhere. It's going to be all over everybody. Right? right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it obviously what had to be, I mean, they could have been wearing 
hazmat suits and they would have got it on the hazmat suits. I don't know what happened to the clothing two days later. I mean, but if I'm going to do it, think about this, you know, I always say prisons are full of dummies, but it's, it's hard to catch a smart one. Well, there's some smart ones in there, right? Doesn't mean they're formally educated. If I'm planning out the brutal murder of a correctional officer, first of all, you've got it. It's, it's premeditated because you brought a fucking sharpened lawnmower blade, right? Somebody had to get the blade, sharpen it, sneak it out, and all that. So you know what you're going to do with it. You damn well better believe I know what the fuck I'm going to do with my clothes. Yeah. I, mean, I might have had um, – I well, I think one of the things they were protesting is they didn't have, like, rain slickers when they were working in the field and stuff. But I either had a rain slicker on or I had a change of clothes um, you know, we don't know how long Brent was down for. They, they they took the inmates to chow, come back. You know, Hazika Brown was making them coffee. We don't know how long yeah. we were down for. I'm going to have a change of clothes, period. So I don't know. I'm not making excuses. But the Obviously, uh, they should have searched everywhere and found them. There's nowhere to burn them. They couldn't fucking burn them. Look, they got that's 24 fucking, hours a day that, that's, oh yeah, to that's plan true. that. That's true. I it, always say that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a situation where uh, there is no life outside of prison. So right. you've got 24 hours a day, seven days a week to sit there and think about how the hell you're going to get away yeah, with something. That's exactly yeah. right. And and it's, um, some of the things they come up with are so genius. So the these are intelligent men. I, I don't know about Montague, but I've, I've seen the um, – interviews, et cetera, with the rest of them. And they're intelligent. They're not dummies. But the clothing, I don't know. I can't answer. The cuts on the hands, maybe they had gloves on. I don't know. Uh, but if, if I'm going to do the ultimate crime in the prison, I'm going to be prepared. Whether I had a garbage bag or, you know, shit, might have walked in and stuffed your clothes down on the thing, and then went in and killed him, changed your clothes, and left. I don't know. Maybe they took a fucking shower. I don't know. But there's a reason investigators didn't find bloody clothing right. and piles of it at that. They narrow all this down after Hezekiah Brown gives a statement to the to the powers that be, basically saying, you know, that he was fixing coffee and, and that Wallace Montague – Jackson and and um, I just drew a total blank. Fox. Wood Fox, Wood Fox, Jackson, Montague, and Wallace attacked Miller, and so now they have the the smoking gun. They've got the witness that was there. He wasn't, you know, your optimal witness, but as as Woody said, you know, it's what you got, right? And they also had what they believed to be a motive was, hey. Two of these guys are Black Panther chapter starters here, right. and it became a racial thing. Right, he's a white guard. Right. They're they're Black Panthers, and and that's what they made the statement on. That's why y'all, um, when I say the the bad part of the Black Panthers, the shooting of the police, and it happened in New Orleans, and it happened all over. But the that's that's bullshit. Okay, to to me. Uh, the I, I like the ideology that they, they they back the Constitution, but um, and they want everybody to tr- be treated the same. But one of the things they're bucking up on this time, Jim, was they wanted every black man in the United States of America to be free because it said 
in the U.S. Constitution, they said uh, you should be tried by a jury of your peers. And they said no black man that was in prison anywhere in the United States had been tried by a jury of his peers. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I don't know on that. Yeah. But that shit wasn't going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, but the ultimate statement, if you're going to make it, be to kill the white guard, the oppressor. And not only a white guard, a generational, generational white, white guard. guard. And that everybody liked. That, that everybody liked. That we're making a statement. Becomes a casualty of war. Yes, casualty of war. For real. All right, so y'all, this this is where we're at, and then we're going to end this episode. And then the next episode, we should be able to wrap it up. Remember, the crime occurred, the murder occurred on Angola. West Feliciana Parish Sheriff is the arresting officer. They arrest these four. Now being it's a it's a first degree murder case, it has to go to the grand jury, which is also going to be impaneled and sitting in West Feliciana. Um it went to the grand jury, and we'll get to that on the next episode, but it went to the grand jury, they're indicted in then like they say, take that shit to trial, right? And they're not going to plead. Uh, they they all denied any involvement, right? Of course. I mean, they say, hey, motherfucker, we, we weren't even there. They were around it. Yeah, didn't have anything to do with it. Well, look, you kill, you know, you're charged with killing a prison guard. Right. It's about the worst thing you can do inside of a prison. Uh, if the death penalty had been in place then and you got convicted of that, you would fry. No doubt about it. And they'd have a party. And they'd have a party. Um, So at minimum, you're looking at life in prison if you didn't already have it. At minimum. The only reason they didn't, you know, the death penalty was on a moratorium, I believe, at that time. And everybody that, um, if you were already on death row, then they converted them to life sentence. And then during that time, you know, naturally you couldn't be sentenced to death. Yes. Uh, so how many life sentences can you do? I don't know. But in the next episode, we're going to tell you where this case gets really crazy. Good, bad, or indifferent. We're going to tell you the truth. Wow. That's a lot of thunder. It's <laughs> like a bomb. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. We're going to tell you the truth on it because it needs to be told. Um, and this story has gone on and to this day. Yes. And and um, so we look forward to bringing you that. Look, there's no way we could have done this in one or two episodes. It's just too much. It's right. too much. And look, Brent Miller de- deserves that story to be told. Absolutely. In the, right. in the right way. So we hope you're enjoying it. It just gets crazier from here. Right. The... the and a, a lot of stuff that's coming up, and we can certainly say we don't agree with or, and whatever, but, again, it's not our personal opinions that, that caused everything to happen. Um, we'll, we'll tell you on the next episode. Yes. So we do want to thank everyone, all your shares, comments. We love reading them, and, and uh, res- you know, we try to be as responsive as possible with those. I think we do a pretty good job of that, and, and it's nothing but love and and. Woody and I both just absolutely love reading them. Absolutely. Thank you all for your support uh, of 
what we're trying to bring you here with the bloodiest prison in America. That's right. And then, and, and, and again, uh, not only the comments y'all on, on Facebook, et cetera. Um, if you can, please leave a review for bloody Angola, but we get natural. We can't respond to those comments, but it helps other listeners find the show. Yeah. It's a, it's an algorithm thing with Apple and, uh, it is, so important, so important uh, to get those reviews. And if, if you don't, a lot of you don't have um, iPhones or whatever, you can leave a review anywhere. Absolutely. Any, anywhere you listen to a podcast, and we would appreciate it. It means a lot. Uh, the Brent Miller story will continue next week. And, y'all, after we conclude this, the we're going to be bringing you a multitude of different stories. So, so but this is a hard one and it needs to be told. And we want to mention our website, bloodyangolapodcast.com. You can get video and or audio episodes right there. You don't have to go anywhere else uh, if you'd like to. And and you, there's even a link there to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So you can do it straight from that page if you're not sure how to do it. Um, so please check that out. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Every audio format you can dream of. And the YouTube is very interactive. It's an experience. Uh, and you'll see kind of pictures as we go along. And, you, you know, me and Woody talking back and forth. And you might even see the the bumps pop up on our arms in certain, right. <laughs> certain spots. Because we really get, you know, these stories mean something to us. And, yeah. and, and uh, so we, we appreciate and love each and every one of you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, to our sponsors. Thank you so much. Show couldn't happen without you. Um, we back them all. Yeah, that's right. And we we stand behind those sponsors one thousand percent. So please, you know, give them a shot right. next time you need a service that's that right. maybe maybe you see on this on this podcast or here. Uh, so until the next episode, I'm Jim Chapman and I'm Woody Overton, and we thank you for listening to Bloody. Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making. The truest story of the bloodiest prison in America. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org.